Hallelujah. Praise God. To be or not to be was quoted by Shakespeare in 1586 to 1609 or 06. To be or not to be is a line out of Hamlet. I don't know Hamlet, but I think it was Hamster before it got translated into Hamlet. But I was thinking about that, and I was just thinking, to be or not to be, that is the question. To do or not to do, to believe or not to believe, to reject or to receive, to have faith or to doubt. To do or not to do, to believe or not to believe, to receive or to reject, to have faith or to doubt. Those are the real questions that God has in our life for us. It's not a play, it's real life. And uh, so I want to talk to you tonight about just a real small secret, a little small segment of scriptures, and uh, I believe this is going to enhance you. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 14. Second Corinthians 5, 14. And it says, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then all were dead. That he died for all, and that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Notice the expectancy of the discover of the debt paid for our redemption that should invoke us to live for Christ and not for ourselves. And then in verse 16, wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, we have, though we have known Christ, talking about his earthly tabernacle, his representative, his body, it says, Christ after the flesh, ye now, yet now, henceforth, know we know him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us unto himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, notice what it says in verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is. Somebody say, he is. He is. Not becoming, he is. Somebody say, he is. He is. A new creature. He is a new creature, and all things are of God. So, I want to kind of talk to you about one of the greatest faith secrets. I had a pastor call me the other day and and uh, he was talking to me and he's uh he told me he said you know i've come to realize that i need to make god my source i said that is the first bridge that every man that lives by faith must build is that god is the absolute source of your life not people god and if you can get that built in your life then you can live by faith in every area of your life but here I want to bring out something. It talks about a past tense. That when you come into Christ, you are 
a new creature. Not that you're going to become one. You are one. Now, there are several sets of eyes that determine how we see ourselves. First, through the eye of God. Now, through the eye of God, he sees us as redeemed. He sees us as Christ himself, as he is and as he will be when he returns. That's found in 1 John 3.1. You go to 1 John 3.1, it reveals to us that when Jesus comes, we shall be like him. 1 John 3.1. But God sees us like this already. And it says, Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed. Somebody say, hath. Not going to bestow, has bestowed. Now, the love of God has put this upon you, has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Would God call us something that we were not? No. So, he calls us the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Beloved, now. Somebody say now. Now. Now we are the sons of God. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So if we're going to be like Jesus when he appears, doesn't God the Father see us as sons now? Absolutely. Amen. So God sees us through his eyes. How does he see us? He sees us as he sees Christ Jesus. Remember, we're seated in heavenly places with Christ. We are with Christ. And so every individual is seen by the eyes of God. Secondly, every individual is seen by the eyes of the devil. Now, the devil has an accusing eye. He only sees the negative. He only sees what you should be without redemption. He only sees who you are in your crisis. Now, we, as believers, get to see the image of God, the image of the devil, and through the eyes of man. Men are going to see us a certain way. They're going to see us based on our past. They're going to see us based on what we're going through right now instead of when we get through what we're going through. But the eyes of man. And so one of these eyes or sets of eyes are going to affect you. In other words, you're going to begin to take the image of one of these sets of eyes and you are going to embrace them. And you are going to side with that set of eyes. And everything you do is going to be based on how you see yourself through those sets of eyes. Now, images are expressed by words. If I wanted to tell you an image, Philip, of, of a, something, big white poodle, what would you see? Not a St. Bernard, would you? No, absolutely not. Because my eyes would express to Philip an image of something I saw. If I told you about a car and you were looking for a car, oh man, that's just what I want. Then you got there and said, Pastor, you told me it was a Corvette. 
This is a German Corvette. It's a Volkswagen. <laughs> so it has to do with the information that comes to you. See, you are made in the image of God. Jesus says, I, hear, I do nothing except I hear or see my Father do it. Everybody has an imagination. Now, a corrupt imagination imprisons you usually from your youth till when you're old. It imprisons you and separates you from your God potential. Why? Because you see everything in a negative form. You are raised in a world that is dominated by sin until you get born again. And that world imprints itself and its judgments and its ways upon you. So when you think, you automatically think like the world. And that separates you from being what God wants you to be. The imagination is just like, how do you see? It's like a... Uh, uh, what do you call them, projector. Whatever comes through the projector, the projector does not care. But it will process everything that you put in it in order to give you a vision. And when the Bible says without a vision people perish, that's true, that word perish and, and the whole phrase simply means that people without a vision just are faithless. They are aimlessly going somewhere and never reaching anywhere. And so if you can't see yourself in a certain image, you're going to be faithless in your walk with Christ. Now, so when information comes into your soul, your mind, your intellect, it is processed, if you will let it be, through the imagination. And the imagination will produce an image for you. Well, how do I get my imagination to do that? Meditate, confess, speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Does anybody know what psalms and hymns and spiritual songs have in them? The image of your redemption. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That, that is how David saw himself. That was under the law. That wasn't even under the new covenant. That image came through the law. And it says, it, David says, you know, by you I've run through troop, leaped over a wall. God is a man of war. He teaches my hands to war. So he's giving us imageries of God, but also of ourself. Now, the way that we take that information and pro cause it to be projected towards us, us or for us to get a vision, an image, is that we meditate, we contemplate, we roll it over and over, and we speak to ourselves in those phrases. And when we do, that ignites your imagination and you see something. Have you ever told, uh, been telling somebody about a scripture, say, oh man, you ought to see what I saw the other day in the scripture. What do you mean you saw the other How did you see in black and white writing. Well, you see it because of imagination. So, now, so you, as a believer, you have three places of information. One is from God, one is from the devil, and one is from the beloved people that usually know nothing. <laughs> That's usually the sinful world. The sinful world doesn't see you like you are. They see you like they think 
you should be. Now, we are a new creature, and we are the sons of God. We are. We're not trying to become. We are. Amen? Now, let's go to James 1. I think it's... Hmm, let me get there and find out first. James 1... And let's look at verse 21. Wherefore laid apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness which is able, the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. So what we have to do is we have to intentionally put away things that short-circuit visions, images, and revelations of God concerning us. And you just discovered three of them right there. We need to put away all this stuff. And then in verse 22 it says, but be you doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now deception, whether it comes from the devil or from yourself still leads to an endless end without God. Okay, and then verse 23 says this, for if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass, a mirror. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. Now, let me ask you something. How many of you forget what people say to you? I'll be the only truth teller in here. How many of you forget what people show you? Not near as much. You comprehend more with your eyes You've heard the old saying, a picture is worth a thousand words. In reality, it is. Jesus told uh, the disciples in Mark 4.10, they have been given blindness and deafness, lest they hear or see and be converted. Be converted. The way that we hear about things is we see them. Did you look at the flyer? Uh, what, what was your announcement Sunday? You have anything special coming up? You didn't even look, did you? Did you? Did you get a, did you get a, uh, what did one of those things they hand out, give you information Sunday? Bulletin, yeah. What special events are coming up? I know Just tell them what you've seen on that video up there. That's all you know. Marriage. Marriage. And Bagwell, absolutely, and ice cream. Hallelujah. All right, why do you think that we show those videos instead of letting you read? You won't remember what you read, but you will remember what you see. So we understand that here it tells us, now you can be a hearer of the word and not be a doer. It's pretty easy because you're used to hearing stuff and not responding. You do it in all forms of life. You hear and you don't do. You don't follow through. 
you see 55 miles an hour and you go 60. Then you get pulled over and say, can you believe that guy? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Believe it, believe it. And so here it says that we are to look at ourselves in a glass. For he that beholdeth himself and goeth away straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Now that is an intentional insight. That is an intentional effort. That but whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty or the laws of redemption, the laws of transference of one free freedom of one to another, identity one to another, and it says, and continueth therein in what he saw. He being not a forgetful hearer. Notice that the guy that just hears straightway forgets, but the guy that sees doesn't forget. And so he does. And it says, he looketh and being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. If any among you seem to be religious and bridles not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Now, what do we see in the perfect law of liberty? We see a reflection of ourself. We see ourself through God's eyes, right? So the word is given to us to reflect to us an image for us to see and us to become. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 11 chapter, be you followers of me as I am a follower of Christ. Why does he relate, look at me, instead of read about Christ? Because the image now is more important than the image or the information of yesterday. That's why the Bible says, look, you are the epistles of the gospels. In other words, you are read and seen of every man. In other words, your life is far more important than just the words that you speak. Amen. Do good works, Matthew, the fifth chapter, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven, and they'll say that you are his offspring. Not by what you say, but by what they see you do. So doing, when you see something, is far more important. Now remember that the word is, or is a reflection of God's vision of you and I. Now this right here tells us what we are. Now you can always be known as Jesus was once known, the carpenter's son. Or you could be known as the Son of God. But here it tells us that when we look into that perfect law of liberty and turn around and do it, that word do it really is a kind of a unique word. It simply means turn around and act as if you are in a play. And when you act like you're in a play, pretty soon what you've been acting becomes who you are. Everything you touch is blessed when you look at who you are in the mirror. Now, the world will tell you when you're in a situation, you're going to go under. But the Bible says, 
that we've been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Amen? Amen. One thing should never come out of a believer's mouth is, I can't. It won't. God can't. It's too far gone. It's impossible. That type of stuff does not come from the lips of who we see in the mirror of God. Paul said we can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens us. We can do all things. Amen? And so we have to see ourselves through the image or the sight of God and then act in relationship to what we have saw. So many times Christians act out what other people tell them. I've heard people say this to people. Well, you know, I knew somebody that believed that and they died. I wouldn't run around with those people. You know, I used to have people tell me, you know, Peter, be happy. You got 200 people. Well, you know what? I, I hate to say this. No, I don't even hate to say it. It's the truth. I quit running around with those people. Well, weren't they friends? Well, they were, but since they didn't line up with who I was, how does anybody have any fellowship with Beelzebub when I'm not Beelzebub? How do I have any relationship with doubters when I'm not a doubter? Amen. How, how can I intermingle with people that don't hear like I hear? No, it's impossible. So I just moved on. So, and I'm glad that they're still alive and living for Jesus, but I'm living for Jesus. And I'm living it my way. Now, so we realize that when we look into the mirror, if we will begin to just imitate, act out, act out. What is faith? What does faith do? Speaks things that are not as though they are. What does faith do? It acts as if it is when it's not. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's it. It acts as it is even when it's not. And then blessing comes upon people like that. So here we see the scripture reflects to us a past tense identity. It's already been given. You are the sons of God. Don't, don't doubt it. We are the sons of the living God. Amen? Now, the world may say, oh, but I knew you in the past. I've had people tell me, oh, I don't go to that church. I, I wouldn't come to your church. I know who you were. I said, well, I know who you are right now, but I'm still inviting you. Amen? Of, of course. We all have a past. We all have had a reputation. But thank God, through the blood of Jesus, we're a new creature. And we're not going to be moved by the reflection of others. We're going to be moved by the reflection of God. If God says that we're blessed, no matter where we are, no matter what we're going through, we're going to say we're blessed. We're going to act blessed. Amen? Oh, we, we can't go shopping. We ain't got no money. Absolutely, we can go shopping. Doesn't mean we have to go buying. You can go shopping with no money at all. Just go shopping. Act like you're blessed. Act like you're blessed. Hallelujah. And you'll be blessed. I remember my in-laws. You know, they just, they, they just didn't get it. You know, in-laws are great people. It's just, they're a subspecies of, 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 of the family. And, 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 and anyway, 
I went to a, a store and I told Phyllis, I'm going to get me some new clothes today. I believe that God has directed me and I believe I've received and I'm going to pick them out. And I went and picked them out. I spent all day picking them out and gave them to the lady. I said, I'll be back and get these. And she said, okay, I'll keep them for you. And, uh, you know, I stayed in that mall all day and about 10 o'clock, you know, the guys come up and said, sir, we, we got to lock up. We hate to ask you to leave, but you got to go. We're, we're locking up. I said, well, I was just waiting on somebody. Just give them a couple more minutes. They said, okay, but, you know, we, you have to go. We got it. We got locked up. I said, okay. And uh, so nobody showed up that day, that night. And, you know, don't ever doubt God. Doubt people. Don't ever doubt God. Just doubt people. He's got to deal with them. Amen. Amen. And they will get under attack when God's trying to use them Amen. to bring blessing to your life. Amen. Amen. They just will. One time I uh, told a guy, I said, hey, you know, the Lord told me that somebody's going to give you a couple hundred dollars. He said, when? I said, I, I believe Sunday. So he calls me Sunday night and said, well, you know, nobody gave me any money. He said, you know, you just got my hopes up and all that. And I said, I, I, I wanted to say, oh, shut up, you jerk. But I didn't. I was a Christian. So I, I, was, I said, well, praise the Lord. I don't think I missed it. Well, you must have missed it. It didn't happen. So some guy about three or four days later comes up to him and says, hey, man. He said, God told me to give this to you Sunday. He said, but I just couldn't make it. He said, some things went wrong, and I wasn't able to give it to you at church. So here it is. Then he called me back, and he said, well, you know, I'm sorry. As I thought to myself, you are sorry. You bet, buddy. You're about as sorry as they come. Hallelujah. <clears throat> but don't let time, don't let anything move you from what God has said about you. Now, so we are who God says we are. And if God says we're blessed, you know what? You just be blessed. But everything's falling down around you. That's okay. Be blessed. Just say you're blessed. But but I'm no no no. Remember, three voices trying to express three images. Now you can listen to the man that is totally opposite of God that is not subject to his laws, neither will they ever be. Or and or you can listen to the devil, which will always accuse you and tell you there's something wrong with you and God doesn't like you and doesn't love you. Or you can go back and look at yourself in the mirror and say, no, that's who I am right there. Amen. I Amen. see I'm blessed. I'm, I, I don't know what's going on, but I am that guy right there. I am blessed. Amen? And you hang on to the identity. You begin to imitate a blessed man. What would a blessed man do? He wouldn't get discouraged. He wouldn't be down in the mouth. He wouldn't say, boy, you know, I, I wonder why God didn't. You know, God's trying to teach me something. You know, God showed me just I shouldn't have believed for that. And I, oh, please, be quiet. You talk yourself out of being a Christian. Yeah. Amen. And so we want to see us as ourselves by the reflection of God. Amen. So every time we look at the scriptures, we are going to say what we have saw in the scripture. Yes. Paul was notorious for that. Amen. He'd say in Romans, I am the servant and the apostle of God. God. Then in Philippians, he'd say, I am the servant and the prisoner of the Lord. Amen. God. 
he, he would just talk about who he was. Every book he wrote, he identified who was writing to them. Amen. I am the apostle of God, called by him, not according to the will of man, but according to the will of God. Amen. I am what God says I am. Amen. Now, so we see that we need to look into the mirror and then say what the image says to us. Amen? All right, let's go to Ephesians, the first chapter. Ephesians, the first chapter, and let's look at verse 4. According as he hath, somebody say hath. Somebody say hath. I've, we all run into people that are constantly saying, you know, I, I wonder what God wants for me. I wonder, why don't you just start saying, I'm chosen. I'm chosen. Hallelujah. I'm chosen. God has appointed me. My purpose is in God. God will reveal it to me. He's never late. He's on time. But if you go around saying, I just don't know what God wants me to do. I just, well, who are you looking at? You aren't looking at God's image about you. He said you're chosen. Now, if I'm chosen, which means I'm highly favored and positioned by God himself, not according to what I could do, but because of God's supply and his purpose has he called me out. Wasn't anything on my own. It was by his grace. He said, I like him. And I understand that. I, I run around myself all the time. I, I, in fact, I, I am so knit together in myself, I go no place without myself. I just, I just, everywhere I go, I go with myself. I'd rather be with myself than anybody. I, I do, so why wouldn't God like me? So we see God says, look, you're chosen. Now it doesn't matter what you're doing. You are favored, highly favored. You have been selected by God based on his intense love, faith, and enablement of your life. Not based on what you're doing, based on what he has given you or what he has called you or equipped you to do. Amen. So you can say, I'm chosen. Now, does God throw away chosen vessels? Well, of course not. Of course not. Why would he invest certain traits, attributes, skills, and talents into people and then throw them away or let the devil destroy them? No. We are favored and we are chosen of God. Now, it says that we are chosen of God in him before the foundations of the world that we should be holy, without blame, in him. So what are we? We are holy. We are holy. Somebody say, I'm holy. I'm holy. Now, the devil's going to say, well, you can't be holy. Look at what you did. No, God said I'm holy. The mirror says I'm holy. Look, the mirror says I'm holy. Yeah, but you're. No, I'm not looking. I can't see myself. From there, I see myself from here. And here, I see myself in the mirror. I'm holy. I'm not up there looking back. I'm here looking forward. I am holy before the Lord. Amen. All right. Start saying these things, and you'll start watching them come to pass. And then it says in verse 5, Having predestined us unto the adoption of the children of Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of God's will. I'm adopted. I'm adopted. In other words, let, just let me tell you this. Children may be born by chance, but I was adopted on purpose. 
When you have a child born, you get whatever you get. But when you adopt them, hallelujah, you have looked at them, scrutinized them, did background checks on them, purposed in them, committed yourself to them, built a place in your house for them, bought clothes and put them in the closet, you got shoes in the cupboard. I'm telling you what, when you are adopted, you are far more pressing than a child born of a womb. That could have happened, wanted, unwanted, mishap, whoops, we made a mistake, but somebody adopted, hallelujah, is on purpose. And I'm adopted. Well, I'm born in the house. Tough. <laughs> Tough. I'm adopted. Hallelujah. Amen. And then it says, let's look at, uh, in verse 7, in whom we have redemption. Somebody say redemption. That means we've been bought with a price. In other words, adoption costs God something. And since we are adopted, he paid the price seeing us in who we would be when the adoption was complete. Yes, hallelujah. And it says this, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Somebody say forgiveness of sins. According to the riches of his grace. Somebody say, I've been forgiven. If I've been forgiven, I'm forgiven. That's it. No argument. Don't let yourself talk yourself out of who you are in that mirror. If somebody looks in that mirror and says, oh, my God, you're beautiful. Then you look in and say, I'm just buck ugly. Look, if the blind man said you're beautiful, just go with beautiful. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't go with the guy that can see. Amen. So we want to make sure that we adhere to what's in the scripture. Amen. All right, let's go to Galatians 1. Galatians 1. We're going to wrap up with this. Hallelujah. Galatians, I love this one. Galatians 1, 4. Who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil world. What did Jesus give himself on the cross for? To deliver us from the present evil that is in this world. Now, we are delivered from every evil in this world. If you can tag it as evil, you've been delivered. But, but you don't understand. No, look in the mirror. What does a mirror say to you? Well, it says, I, I'm, I'm delivered. I'm, I'm free. I, there's no evil that can come up. I've been delivered from it. When that word delivered is used, what it simply means is this. God has destroyed the potential of any evil ever attacking you. So when he says you're delivered, he had to destroy it in order to guarantee that you were delivered. If he left any residue, Dr. Oglu, it would rise up. It could produce after its own self. But if God says, I delivered you from it, he has had to pre-destroy it in order for the evil not to come. So it's not just like God just brings us out and the evil is still there. No, no. All power and potential of evil ever coming upon you has been taken away. It's been taken away. It doesn't exist. Man, that was good. 
And so when, when God, when it says in the Bible, God, thou hast delivered me from mine enemies. In other words, David says, thou hast destroyed them and made them as the dust of the earth. That's what he's saying. Even though they are still standing, even though arrows are still coming, he's saying, God hath made them as the dust of the earth. They have no power. They cannot overcome. God said, he delivered me from mine enemies. So we are delivered from the present evil of this world. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then it says, uh, let's go down to, uh, well, let's go to verse 3. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Grace, every promise is extended to you from my Father and assurance of the guarantee of it working he has sent me to salute you with. Wow. Every time we meet somebody, my Dr. Overlu, may every promise of God be upon you. I shouldn't even say that, may. I should say every promise of God is upon you. And the Father wants me to assure you he is faithful on your behalf. How about talking like that to people? How about talking like that? Amen? If we start talking to people like that, they start hearing, they start seeing, then they start imitating, and they become. We just act. So that's an envelope. What did you do with the $50 that was in it? <laughs> Philip, check your pockets. Get up here. You got Do you have $50 in your pocket? No. Philip? Yeah, I, I want to see you get that billfold out. This is $50 given to me of Agape Love Center. Now, how much you got? How much you got? I think that's what was in here instead of a 50 it, it was 10. Is it a five and five ones? <laughs> Philip, was it a five and five ones? You don't know. You stole some. You don't even know how much you stole. I didn't steal anything. Well, where's the money in the envelope? <laughs> I don't know. But all I got, Pastor, I'm married. Look. Yeah, I got seven. It was seven. I was going to say, they gave it to me. It was a perfect number. Now you've (laughs) brought your wife into this corruption. Now look, so what I'm trying to say is the Bible is a past tense reality. Don't ever let it become your present or something that you're striving for because you already are. Amen. Don't believe anything. You just stay with what the mirror says. And if you stay with what the mirror says, the blessing that's in that identity will come upon you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Stand your feet and let's pray. Sunday morning. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to wrap up the kingdoms. I'm going to try. Hallelujah. Father. In the name of Jesus, let your power and your presence go with us. God, let us never see ourselves as anything but what you 
have shown us in the word. God, let us hold fast our confession of faith. Let us realize that we might have known who we are, but we are beyond that now. We have seen who we are, and who we are is the workmanship of God, that we might walk in the good works and the mercies that you have given us. God, help us to become what we see in the Word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen.